When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I want to spend a, just a couple of moments reflecting on the story that we've heard read so far. And thank you so much to those of you who have read for us. You know, I was reading the Christmas story again this week. It's actually very short just a half a chapter in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, and I was struck again by um, just how weird a story it is. If you really start thinking about the details of the Christmas story, it's as if the more you think about it, the less sense they make. For starters, you would think the birth of Jesus would be a major event, and yet only two of the four Gospel writers write anything about it. And in both Matthew and Luke, they write about it as though it's almost an afterthought. Let me read for you the description of Jesus' birth from both Matthew and Luke. Here's Matthew. Mary gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Here's Luke. Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That's it. Isn't that stunning that the birth of the person who is most central to our faith and arguably has been more influential than any other human in history gets a whopping two sentences written about his birth? And we're just left to wonder. I wonder. As it turns out, I realized this week that Mary... Jesus' mother wonders at all of this as well. Her whole experience has been filled with wonder. First, when the angel Gabriel appears to her and tells her that she's going to become pregnant with God's son, he starts with a greeting. It goes like this. Gabriel appears and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And then Luke says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, Gabriel keeps going. He tells Mary she's about to become pregnant. It's going to be God's son, to which she responds, how can, how can this be? I'm a virgin. Which, if you think about it, is a really good question. And now, right after Jesus is born, the shepherds find Jesus, and they start telling everybody about him, and then Luke drops this little nugget. This is where the reading just left off. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She pondered them. She wondered, what the heck is going on? If you're a longtime churchgoer, You hear the story so often that it becomes almost routine. 
And the power of the story skips right off of us, kind of like a rock off of a smooth pond. But this evening, I just want to probe into the mystery and the wonder of this story, along with Mary. It's a stunning story. It starts with a virgin girl getting pregnant, probably in her mid-teens, as far as we know. And this is a family service, so I'm not going to spell out any more than that. But imagine, just put yourself maybe in Mary's parents' shoes. Your teenage daughter comes and says, like, no, really? Like, God said, God said? Well, okay, angel, but God's angel. You're like, "Uh uh-huh. And it's going to be God's son, and uh uh-huh. What? Let's be honest. What are you going to think? And then the baby's born. And it turns out the first people to find out are shepherds. Shepherds. Now, I don't know if you've read up on ancient shepherds recently, but for your sake, I have. And let me share a little bit about shepherds with you. Shepherding was not a respectable occupation in the ancient world. In fact, it was one of the least respectable occupations in the ancient world. And it's really not hard to understand why. Like, let's think, what are shepherds? If you take shepherds, you get a bunch of bachelors and you have them live together out in a field in the middle of nowhere with nobody to keep them company but a bunch of sheep. What do you get when you have that situation? You know what you get? You get weird is what you get. You get a bunch of single dudes and a bunch of sheep together. And these are the first people God tells God doesn't choose anybody who has any social clout or social capital. He doesn't choose an influencer. He doesn't, he chooses shepherds. And Luke tells us that the shepherds, when they heard the news, they immediately went to see this baby. So again, now imagine, put yourself maybe in Mary and Joseph's shoes. Like, you don't know what's going on. You just had this baby. You're not totally sure how that worked, right? But it's your first kid. And if you have kids, remember when you, remember your first kid especially. You love all your kids. But remember your first kid your first kid, and, and it's just this precious moment, and you're looking at them, and you're admiring them, and they're cooing, and you're, right, and you're doing like the skin to skin, and all of this thing, and all of a sudden, a bunch of single dudes shows up, and it's like, we want to see too, and like, <laughs> and then they go out telling everybody, and when the shepherds had seen the child, they spread the word, considering concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to him, to them. And Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Which sounds an awful lot to me like Luke's way of saying she didn't understand either. There is wonder in this story. There's supposed to be wonder in this story. We're not supposed to understand the story. The more we think we understand it, maybe the less we actually do. I don't think we're supposed to be able to explain it because how do you explain some? I mean, how do you explain? The more you try to explain certain things, the more you suck the life right out of them. How would you explain Beethoven's seventh? How would you explain a Monet? How do you explain the Christmas story? Maybe the whole point is that we're not supposed to be able to explain it. Because how can you explain, when we really start digging down into what's going on, how can you explain that God became a human? That God gave up heaven, 
He exchanged his honor for shame and gave his life for you and for me. How do you explain that? What God does that? How do you explain that God traded in his godness in order to enter the sin and the brokenness and the darkness of our world? I can't explain it all. But this much I know, that the way of Jesus is the way of life, it's the way of hope, it's the way of peace, it's the way of joy, it's the way of love. It's the only way that we can be made whole. Here's how C.S. Lewis put it. You know, C.S. Lewis was great at these pithy little quotes. He said, The Son of God became a man so that men might become sons of God. Now explain that. Mary pondered these things in her heart. She couldn't explain God any more than you or I can. She couldn't explain God But don't miss this. That did not stop her from experiencing God. You do not have to be able to explain God in order to experience God. All we do is receive him. To receive the hope of Jesus the Christ, the light of the world. We think about light a lot during the Christmas season. Maybe that's because it's so dark. Isn't it fitting that Christmas falls just four days after the winter solstice? Four days ago. And praise be, the days are getting longer now. I looked it up. Today was 19 seconds longer than December 21st, the solstice. Did you notice? (laughs) Me neither. But the days are getting longer. It is getting lighter outside. And just because you didn't necessarily notice doesn't mean it's not true. Friends, the light has come. The light is coming. We don't always notice. We don't always understand, but he has come. He's coming again. And he is making and will make all things new. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. So will you join us this evening in wonder at Jesus the Christ? Now in just a moment, we're going to light our candles as we sing the song Silent Night. Simply ask that if your candle is lit, that you keep it upright so you don't drip wax uh, on the floors. So if your candle is lit, keep it upright. If your candle is unlit, dip your candle into the lit candle in order to light it. We'll light all of our candles as we sing Silent Night. We'll leave them lit for the last reading, and we'll leave them lit as we sing Joy to the World. But let's pray together as we prepare our hearts now. O God of all grace, you who sent your Son to be our Redeemer, to give light to our darkness, pardon for our sins, and hope in our turmoil. Accept now our heartfelt thanks for your word through which we meet our Savior. We know your promises are true, and through them you nourish our hearts and give us life and freedom. So kindle the light of your word in our hearts, and may it shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.